Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. We got a great episode today. I interviewed comedian PX Floro. She's a comedian from San Jose. And she's real awesome. We had a great discussion. And uh, she's really cool. Definitely, definitely uh, check out her comedy room uh, last Wednesday of the month at Freddie J's. It's on Santa Clara and 3rd Street. But yeah, uh Please send me any questions to jmspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear any feedback. Also, check out the Facebook page, JMS Podcast on Facebook. And one of the perks um, is that you'll uh, see pictures of me and the guest on this Facebook post. And also, pretty soon, I'm thinking of developing video, and I'll be posting on the Facebook page. Follow this podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Please subscribe. And also, please uh, rate, rate the podcast. All right, people. Uh, oh, something coming up pretty soon in downtown San Jose is the South Bay Slam. That's right. It's full of poems and poems and lots of poems, but a lot of great people. It's going to be at Cafe for Scotty, which is on the corner of San Carlos and First. And... For Scotty sounds familiar because yeah because that's why I started a comedy open mic right so you might even see me here so it is on Sunday May 24th is a South Bay Slam it's gonna be a great show it's run by uh, a poet her name is Boss Lady because she's the boss and she's real sweet and she's real awesome and it's only for five dollars that's right five dollars for one of the best poets in town and the featured poet for Sunday, May 24th, is Kim Johnson. I don't know her, but I'm sure she's great. They have a lot of great poets coming in. So, South Bay Slam, Sunday, May 24th, at Cafe Frascati, $5 at the door. Uh, I will try to attend. Most likely, I will. And if you're into poetry, great. If not, still great. Come check it out. Alright, let's get to the interview. PX Flores. Is that your same name? I'm Floro. sorry. Floro. <laughs> I fuck up people's names. It's, it's all bad. Right. When it's I right. host, I will fuck up their names. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, but PX, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to get this, this show going. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, but uh, for those that don't know you, you're a comedian, stand-up yes. comedian here from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites when it comes to the females. Oh. Because, you That's know, off. I'm taking my hat off. You are. Uh, see. The <laughs> first time I met you, the first time I saw you was at the caravan. Oh, that was a while. That's yeah. been a while then. About an, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And off the bat, I was intimidated by you. I was, because <laughs> yeah, you came in, and they're like, so I was like, oh, that's PX. She just came from a show from the improv. And me, you know, at the time, I was so naive. I was like, oh, my God, she's a big type of right here. Oh, she's at man. the improv. I'm not saying you're not. I, I but, set this bar, and it's right. really, really low. <laughs> it's, like, really low, but people are like, oh, improv. And I... It makes me like feel like I really am not anything special. Yeah. But so that's... in some sense, I at like the first weeks, you know, 
when I started going to the caravan, I actually intentionally would avoid you because I was like, oh, no, I don't want to come up as a dumbass and, like, ruin my chances of networking (laughs) and stuff. You know, it's sad to say, but there's not that many female comics here in San Jose. Right. That that I I think there there isn't I mean there's a there is a handful of female comics, but I don't think there's a lot that are driven to do. I mean I'm not saying oh, I'm the best, but I'm just saying I have a different mentality than most of the female comics that are out there right now. You're not but, a, a hobbyist, right? I'm you're, not a hobbyist. I mean I I want to do this as a career, but at the yeah. same time I'm trying to find more ways to be able to entertain the audience, right? Not just to do the open mics, not just to do the showcases. I want to be out there on the radio. Eventually, I want to do something on TV. Like, I would love to be on TV. But it's funny that you say that because I knew about you before you actually knew about me. I think I met you briefly once. And then um, my door guy at uh, the PX Comedy Showcase was like, this guy was asking about your show and then I was just like who and then he what? pointed at you and then I was just kind of like oh yeah I've met him before and he's like yeah you were saying you wanted to get a center I was like yeah just tell him to hit me up on Facebook oh is this at Freddie J's yeah at Freddie J's oh, yeah, and then yeah. and then he was like I was like what did he didn't really talk to me and then I think when I bumped into you Fra- Frascati's is when we finally touched base and then yeah. I was like yeah dude whatever you want to do just hit me up and you're like dude you're totally way cooler than I thought and I'm like yeah I'm <laughs> did like, I say that yeah I'm like yeah I'm like dude I'm not threatening at all but it's funny that especially coming from male comics is it like i get that a lot that they're intimidated or they're just like i have this like faux pas like okay this bitch looks like she has her shit together and i'm like i so don't have my shit together i'm like i'm just going i'm just running with it i have no idea what i'm doing do you think you uh being a woman and having power has something to do with it i think it does so well one is i mean i don't just do comedy is one thing i work and so people even at work have told me they're just like you just seem like this type of woman that just has everything together and i'm like no i'm a big old mess like under this i'm just a big old mess and i and i think it kind of it kind of works against me because it kind of stops me from meeting new people but i feel like if the person's worth meeting then they'll you know what I mean? They'll break through that and they'll make find the out. effort. Yeah, and they'll find out because I'm and I'm the type of person to be like hi and I'll smile and then people are just like why the hell is she smiling at me like and I'm just kind of like being polite. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I'm just like uh, like I said, it works for me, but at the same time, I mean, I'm, and I'm not I'm not mean. Like I'm not. No, like, you're not. You're like one of the nicest people. Yeah, I know. you're so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I want people to like approach me, yeah. and I mean, I I like talking to people but that's even female comics they're just like oh like as soon as they meet me and then once they actually do you think female like i know comedians are competitive amongst themselves right female comedians themselves yeah i i think so Uh, and it's not like oh i'm funnier than you it's not like that it's just kind of like i'm sexier than you or no i don't even think it's that it's just kind of is that sexist for me to even say that for what? <laughs> For me to imply that you guys are competing over about looks. who's sexier. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, who cares about who's funny? <laughs> Let's see who's hotter. Okay, take off your shirt. <laughs> so you're saying it's not about be- who's funnier. I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's definitely like a wall that we have to break through from men comics and women comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's always clicky, right? Like if um, you go to open mic or if you go to a showcase, it's definitely clicky. Like even if you go to SF, it's like clicky. It's kind of like... Uh, I haven't been to SF as much, but uh, here in the South Bay... I do feel like there's certain groups that stick with each other, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I feel like for the most part, we're pretty flexible, right? And going and around. we're open to each other. But then, right. I mean, if comics if comics don't like each other, they'll let it be known. Yeah, and it's usually like joking, but then there's like some truth behind it. Like, and I, I hear I hear rumors about SF. How oh, things yeah. are so much a bit different. So it much is. different. Not a bit, but so it is. much. It is. And I've I've experienced. I mean, I've, I haven't been doing comedy that long. I've been doing it for three years, and. Um, my first exposure was based out of San Jose and SF. 
So being able to experience the SF mics and the SF showcases versus San Jose, like I'm always going to be San Jose at heart. And it's like, if I, if we can build something here, mm-hmm. why not? Like what? I mean, I'm not saying, oh, don't go to SF. I'm just saying if I can save money <laughs> on commute <laughs> and like producing shows down here, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather do that. And I could do this the rest of my life and not make money and I'd be okay with it. So have you always been interested in stand up throughout your No. Y- no. No, I just started doing stand up. So let's see, I've been doing it for three years. I have a YouTube channel that's been around for four years. And so I've been wanting to do comedy about five years. So five years ago is when I was like, Oh, I should try it. And it wasn't like I saw st- I, what happened was I saw Ari Spears for the first time. From uh, Mad T V. No, I saw him at the San Jose Improv Perform. That was my first stand-up right. show that I'd ever seen. But, but I, he's from Mad TV. But right? he's from Mad that's TV. How, that's and I, I knew know. him from Mad TV. And he, right. and he came perform stand-up in San Jose. Right, and me and my ex-husband went on a date. Before we were even married, we went on a date, and I saw him, and I was just like, man, that's amazing. Like, I want to do that one day. And then um, I told him, I looked at him, and I was like, man, one day I want to do that. I'm going to do that. And he's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then I found out a cousin of mine that, was also, that also did American Me Comedy she did stand-up comedy so she started giving me tickets like oh yeah i do stand-up oh, i do stand-up and then i was like oh i'm gonna watch her so for during that fifth year that first year i watched Ari spears i watched her do stand-up and then i was like man i want to do that one day i still want to do that is she still doing stand-up now no she doesn't do stand-up anymore i think she's been taking like two years off uh-huh. and so i was walking out one of her shows at the improv and then i saw this big sign that said sfcc comedy college and i was like i want to do that and I was just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I just kept it under my belt. I just didn't think anything of it. And then I was having problems with my marriage. So I went to go see a therapist. And while I was booking his appointment, the, la- the lady was like, okay, you're having an appointment with George Lopez. And I was like, Wait, like the y- comedian? Did you say therapy? Personal therapist, therapy? Like personal or, therapist. Or was it a marriage therapy session? No, it was like mental therapy. Because I thought I was losing my mind. Like yeah, I, I was think going we through, all need therapy. I think everyone, yeah. not every therapist can help. But I feel like if you have someone from the outside looking in, it's it's a less of a bias yeah bias i guess input or thought of what you're going through right and so i was telling i was going through problems with my marriage and at the time i wasn't doing comedy i was just working i was the only one working and i was supporting family four including myself your ex-husband wasn't working wasn't working i was going to school and wow. then You're i was hustler. yeah i was hustling and then i was like and then i ended up not going finishing school because i ended up getting a, a promotion at my job and so i was just like okay now i gotta focus on that and so I started losing my mind and then my therapist was like, what have you ever wanted to do? And I was like, you know, I've always wanted to do stand-up comedy since I've been watching. And he's like, why don't you? I'm like, I'm too scared. Like, I, as loud as I am, yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm not very confrontational. I'm very like shy in the beginning. And then once you break the ice, I'm like, Aah! here's my whole life story. And then um, he's like, why don't you try recording yourself? So then that's when I started doing YouTube videos four years ago. And then after a year, I got comfortable. And was it I, like a vlog? Like, like Yeah, it was kind of like a vlog. I was doing it in my car. And I'm like, hey. And then I'm watching it. I'm just like, in your car? I'm, like I'm an idiot. Yeah. So you're <laughs> you're like driving, driving and talking? <laughs> you ever got put over for, for the, that? No. And for the longest time, I was holding my phone. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm PX. Yeah. And then, <laughs> near accidents, maybe? No, no near accidents. Oh, God. Thank God. And you know, then, I almost got in an accident just from eating a taco from Jack. So not even being on the phone. So not even being on the phone. So I couldn't imagine if I tried to do that, I would definitely would have gone in an accident. Yeah, no. And I'm like... Dude, I've and so a little bit of background on me is I was in the cell phone business for like five or six years. Cell phone business. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, so that? I was selling phones. So like I knew every phone. Like even now I kinda know idea of phones. So like phones was like secondhand to me. 
So uh-huh. I could like text message, record stuff without even looking at the phone. So and I think it was kind of like a gift. You're like a cell phone ninja. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Ninja minus the sword and stuff. <laughs> Plus the uh, the phone. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so then I started recording videos. And then after a year of that, I finally decided, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try checking out this comedy college. And it wasn't like wizards and witches and clowns like I thought it was going to be. It's not a it clown just, college? <laughs> no, no. It was just a bunch of people that thought, okay, I want to do comedy. You sound disappointed. I was a little bit disappointed because then I was thinking it was going to be a little, it was different, you know, like more, ha, 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 and then more, I just began to realize it was more like, there was more structure, right? There's more criticism. There's more, um, you find out it's a craftsmanship. Homework. Yeah. And yeah. there's a, and like, there's homework and I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to do that crap. <laughs> I came here to make people laugh. Yeah. What? <laughs> what and do I have it? Do I have what it takes? <laughs> so then I did the first free class and then I, I kind of like fell in love with it and then it costs money to do college right yeah. let alone comedy college and, and this I was realized, an SF right no this was an S in San Jose they did a class what? in San Jose is it still in- no running? there wasn't enough students and so they ended up bringing it back to SF and so um, right before they closed it down that's when I left and so I was doing comedy college for about a year and it was great because that's where I got my stage time in SF like Purple Un before mm. it closed down um, I did a couple of shows up there and it was amazing to be able to be like, yeah, I performed the Purple Onion. My first show was at the San Jose Improv. Like the first time you ever the done The first stand-up. time I ever did any stand-up and it was, was like 10 minutes, 12 minutes and then I have it wow. recorded. Yeah, I haven't even, I have it my first stand-up recorded and it's so, it's so like excruciating watching it because you're just like, oh my God, I wish I could take this video down but it's so, it's relieving at the same time like, wow. Mm-hmm. That's what I used to be, like, to the day I have that video. And, like, I show well, it's it it's good to keep it to see progress, to see how right. much you've... And there's some jokes that I still do use, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And there's some jokes that I just, like, I, I have I never came back to, but I, I'd want to come back to, but they're so corny. Now, how useful was this college experience, this community? It I was mean, definitely useful. Do, do you feel useful. you learned more once you were out of it? Or do you feel like you, what you learned there was, like, what set the standard for you? I don't think every comic has to go to the college to learn what they learn. But to me, me as an individual, like if I didn't go through the comedy college, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. I wouldn't be as driven. I wouldn't be as structured if it wasn't for the comedy college. I mean, they thought base they taught basic stuff where you would get yelled at by another comedian, be like you know the mic stand. They trained you for hecklers. Yeah, they trained you for hecklers, what? distractions. Right. Oh my god. It was really really cool. So like I'd be doing my set and then all of a sudden there's this guy building like chairs. Yeah. Like putting chairs on top of chairs on top of chairs and I'm just kind of like still going through my set that's more useful than i thought see you it is you're, you're almost changing my mind because uh when people ask me about you know is there school for comedy and something in me says there shouldn't really be school because right. it's very subjected subjective um field it's like poetry yeah there's classes for poetry but you know it doesn't deserve to be in the classroom it right has to be you're not going to get a doctorate on poetry or comedy but it's uh, but I find it that it's interesting that in the college you went to they they trained you for situations they don't right. they, they're not saying oh this is this is what's funny they don't say no oh this is what they do do that too do they yeah what do they say about that so um this one time I followed someone and they did a Facebook joke and then after I kind of tried to do a Facebook joke and then he was like the teacher was like um leave the Facebook jokes to that last comic you shouldn't do Facebook jokes and I was just like okay so I never did a Facebook joke after that ever. And then, you know, as I grew up in the comedy world, people were like, uh, fuck that. You should do whatever you want. And so, like, I was just, it was kind of like those spanks on the hand that I was just like, okay, I'm never doing that again. Right. And so I was just kind of, like, scared. But at the same time, I look back, I was like, who's he to say, 
you know, like who that I can't do a Facebook joke. But still, it's like in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm never doing a Facebook joke because I literally got like snapped at. And I was kind of like, oh, OK, but did they'll they criticize deten- you on your did jokes. Did they have detention over there or something? No, no, okay. no. I wish they did because then maybe it would have been cheaper. <laughs> like still going to the class, like purposely getting in trouble just so I could stay in detention. But um, no, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. They taught taught you about hecklers. They talk talk about the mic stand. You know what I mean? Like how to handle a mic stand? Yeah, how to handle like okay, put it away. Like there'd be like okay, what are you doing? Like why are you still? It's funny unless you're using it, right? You're describing it as if you're at boot camp. As yeah, as if you got like a staff sergeant yelling at you. Put on the mic. Yeah, the mic. That's exactly what it was. And then, you know, once you do your 10, 15 minutes in front of the class, then like the class would critique you and they'd say, oh, this is what I like. This is what I didn't like. You know, this is what I liked. That's actually very useful. And it was very good. Yeah. That's very. Because you've you've done writing sessions. You know how hard it is to just get commitment of people getting together and just to write. Like it's hard. Like you'll do one or two and then it'll fall off the horse. My best, like I start off going to the stand-up comedy club at San Jose State. Oh, and they have a comedy club? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I came from. Oh, is that the one from, um, don't they do open mics sometimes right there at the Cafe Amor? Is that what it is? Or Mm-mm. No, that's not the same. That's different. That's oh, different. okay. Like Rob, he was on the podcast, Rob mm-hmm. Roy. And pretty much we go up and we try new things. And the thing is that it's small, intimate, and you're not trying to impress anybody. So right. you're, you're really giving, you know, an honest uh, expression of, of stand-up. And afterwards... Yeah, people will be like, oh, you know, that direction, not so much. This direction was funny. And it's good to have, like, people that you trust to give right. you feedback. As opposed to somebody you don't know, especially another comedian, because you don't know where they're, right. they're coming from to give you this advice. Uh, so that's Which very we've useful. all experienced. Um, uh, uh, I've been uh, lucky enough to, off the bat, to find a, a good, supportive, trustworthy group so far. That's good. Yeah, so, no, uh, I saw a comedian post on Facebook saying like, you know, when people come up to me after a set saying, you should try this, blah, 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 blah. And it's like going to a, a sous chef and saying, hey, sous chef, you know, this is good and all, but you should try this. And I thought that was a really good analogy. I read that post. And yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And I thought that was a really good analogy because it's true. Yeah, you know, it's true. true. And it's not like I'm going to go to your job and be like, hey, let me show you how to make this burger better. You know what and I mean? And it's worse when it comes from your family. Right. Does that come? Do you have to handle that? I do. I do. My dad. Dad's always trying to give me advice. Oh, you should talk about this. And I'm just like, <laughs> he's the funniest man I know. My dad is the yeah. funniest man on I know, but it's not purposely. My dad's the least funniest person I know. Other, oh, he's the other funniest people, man I know. Other people love my dad. Yeah. I, think I don't think he's funny. And he's always trying to give me tags. It's, it's yeah. Annoying. No. And I mean, his tags aren't funny. It's just his life experiences of what he tells me is funny. I'm just like, I can't believe you do that stuff, dad. So like, you're born and raised here? Raised here raised in san jose but i was born in japan but i'm not japanese i know (laughs) explain that whoa let's go back i know right did your parents meet in japan no my parents are both filipino what part of philippines like manila from yeah manila manila fans they're what are they pacao fans uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, i'm no longer filipino anymore because of that fight i've disowned my filipino heritage were you going for mayweather or something (laughs) no i was going for pacquiao but Uh, let's be real before that fight even happened, everyone was like, we want Pacquiao to win. I was like, look, I want Pacquiao to win, but I know boxing. I follow boxing, and I know that I know that Mayweather's going to win. He's and everyone, a better fighter. Yeah, and everyone no, – and it's not even that he's a better fighter. He's he's oh, He's zero. Zero, right? Zero losses is one thing. Uh-huh. And um, the other one is – I wouldn't say he's a better fighter, but he has a different mentality in fighting. Mm. Like, he knows what to do to kind of, like – tire him out and Manny he's quick but I don't think he has the strength compared to Floyd 
I mean, let's be real. Like black people, they're built like monsters. Like I mean, not monsters. They're built yeah, like beasts. You can like make that naturally. argument. Yeah. You know what I mean? They run like cheetahs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Mexicans run like cheetahs too, but I'm talking about the. Well, it depends versus, if they're being chased, though. Depends, <laughs> yeah, you know? I know if they're being chased. We, I don't think we could do it on command. Like, right, right. Like if, we, if we were told, "Hey, race," it's like no. <laughs> but if we're told that you know the cops are coming, we're, they're like, we're, "Oh, run!" We're more like state champions. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm talking about? Over hurdles and stuff. So you're a big fan of boxing, right? I'm a big fan of boxing, and and I when I heard about the fight, I was just like, I already know Mayweather's gonna win. And it. your family disowned you. Yeah, they were just like, why would you say that? And I'm just like, because I know, like, I know boxing, I know what's gonna happen. I said, I called it, I said, it's gonna go either a draw between the two, or it's gonna go decision, Floyd Mayweather win. Floyd Mayweather wins. And the fight was going on at my friend's house, and I was like, talking all kinds of smack. I was just like, dude, we already know how this fight's gonna be, and the whole, everyone was all pa- Team Pacquiao. Oh. And then they were like, why are you saying that? And then as soon as the fight ends, they're like, oh, this is horrible. And I'm like, I already knew. I wish I would have. You know, you're a true comedian when you're the outlier. Right. The entire (laughs) match. Telling the truth. Not just telling the truth, but like. What they don't want to hear. Having either balls or like stupidity to point it out. Right. To be that kid that's saying. That annoying. Yeah. The the king's clothes. He has no clothes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Point it out. But going back to the Philippines. So both of your parents are from the Philippines. Yes. And they came. They came to. My the dad US? was in the military. He by himself came to America with his family, because it's not like some other countries where you can just like bring your whole family. Mm-hmm. So my dad was married to my mom. He couldn't come. He couldn't bring her over yet. So he had to do some terms in the Air Force. Ended he, up getting stationed in Japan. He, oh, so he's an American serviceman. He's an American. Yeah. He serviceman. when he moved here, he, that's when he enrolled to the Air Force. And he couldn't just bring my mom over. He had to serve some time. So then he w- was stationed in Japan. And that's when him and my mom went from the Philippines to Japan. Well, actually, my brother was born first. And then oh. they went to Japan. And then I came out. And then in Okinawa? Okinawa, yep. Yeah. Yep. That's where it was. Everyone's just like, that's why you look like that. And I'm like, <laughs> so if I was born in Africa, I would look black? Like, and even not all of Africa is black. <laughs> it's like, there's white people in Africa. Okay, We've all seen Mean Girls. Yeah. <laughs> so you're born in Japan. Born in Japan. And then you get as soon as I came out, I came pretty much. Came what age did you come back to the states? Uh, let's see. I was born in '83. I came here in '85. So literally two years of my life, I was like in Japan and in the Philippines, and then you're Japanese for two years. Yeah, and then my mom was telling me, you know, when you're turning 18, you have the choice of being a Japanese citizen or an American citizen. And I was kind of upset because I was just like, why can't I be Filipino? And they're like, because you weren't born there. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, all right. Did, did, did you have a, a, an identity issue growing up with that? I did. I've always had an identity issue. One, my name. It's like completely screwed up. Like, What's your name? Like, well, my name I know is, you as PX. Is that, right. Is that your name Well, literally? see, that's where it gets complicated. So wow. when I was born, my parents named me Paula Saviour Geronimo Floro. Well, yeah. Yeah. Identity so issue I've right there. You can't choose which issue. name to keep. Yeah. yeah. I've already had an identity issue growing up. And so when I was like enrolled in schools here, like... My mom, when we came to America, she abbreviated me, my brother's name. So that's made it even more confusing. Add to acronyms? Is yeah. That, that so I- she was like PX and PR. That's what we're going to name you guys. And uh, and so Social Security for Life, they've always had me as PX, she, Flora. And they refuse to change it because that's what I've always <laughs> been. And they're like, we're not changing it. But then when I got my driver's license, I became, I had to provide my birth certificate. And it was Paula Severa Geronimo Floro. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you need to contact Social Security. And I'm like, okay. And so I caught, and they're like, well, we're not going to change it. And I'm like, okay. And then DMV is like, well, we're not going to change it because that's what you've been here since you've got your license. So my mistake was putting policy of Geronimo Floro, but they wouldn't have put PXG Floro anyways because that was the only documentation I had with my legal name. 
So it's been this ever, and then since I've been divorced, it's been so, this fight against DMV. And they're just like, we talk to each other. We're not going to change it. And clearly they don't talk to each other because they don't, they don't want to fix it. Right. So I, till now I still have identity issues. That I'm like, well, in high school myself. or in school, who did you hang out with? Was there a selective group, like the Filipino group or something? No, that's what makes it even more funny. I hung up. I grew up in elementary school and junior high I grew up with Hispanics. So I always hung out with Mexican people. And then in those ages, I was known as Paula. Makes sense. Paula. Right. Because yeah. then Paula Severa was too long and PX was too confusing. And so they were just like, okay, Paula Floro. And then once I got to high school, like the high school was like criticizing my mom saying, you need to put all her name in her name because that's not her legal name. What high school did you go to? Uh, Oak Grove. Okay. And so she messed it up even more. So she put P period Savira G Floro. And so throughout high school, the teachers was like, P Floro, Floro, Floro is Floro here. And I'm just like, I'm right here. I'm right here. Yeah. And so it's been the story of my life. People don't know what to call me. And so people feel like they're all cool in high school because now they know I'm doing comedy. So they think it's so cool. They're like, hey, Paula. And I'm just, I knew you when you were Paula. I'm like, um, actually, I've always been Paula Savira. It's just I let you guys call me that. Was there a point where you just got frustrated and you're like, you know what? I'm just American. You know, this whole Japanese, Filipino, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Ameri- that's what I call yeah. myself. I call yeah. myself American. I pretty much call myself American, and I tell people like, if you want to call me by my name, it's Paula Savera, and they're like, uh, "Can I just call you Paula?" I'm like, "No, that's not my name." It's like, "Your name's Richard. Can I call you Dick?" No, you won't let me call you Dick unless you like that name. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's just you and your brother. Me and my brother. Yeah. And he's we're polar opposites. Like I'm loud and obnoxious, and he's like quiet and shy. And he's more. Is is he the more responsible one? Would yeah, he's way more better credit, better <laughs> but he credit. still lives with my parents. So <laughs> I still live with my parents. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm he's older. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like the older kid is supposed to move out, but he doesn't have a family yet. And he's and I he, I think he's gonna be the one that takes care of my parents. Think like, so? Is yeah, that good? Because I'm like hell no. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm putting my parents in a home. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I'm the I'm the same way. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have my sister and my younger brother. Too. Yeah, take care of them. And it's usually it's usually the younger ones that take care of the parents. But I'm like a I'm. I don't want to say I'm a spoiled brat, but I'm like more independent and I'm like, um, you can wipe your own ass. <laughs> like you can do your own thing unless they're like dying. Then I'd be like, OK, I think it's time for me to step in. It seems like there was already a creative gene in your family. Right? Yeah. Were any of your parents in anything creative? My parent, my mom's side came from a family of like musicians. Wow. And then my dad's side, supposedly they were like aristocrats. And I was just kind of like, okay, that means they were rich. They're the goes, upper yeah. class of yeah, Philippines. and they were and they were rich. Like they, my dad was like, oh, our family was the first one to bring over the encyclopedia, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> is it called Floro Encyclopedia? And he's like, no, and I'm like, by saying they're aristocrats, are you implying that they they were rich? They were very well off. No, I mean that they were like they, what creative exactly were they doing? That I don't know. I think they were entrepreneurs. Like back entrepreneurs. then is what it was. You know, they were. Uh, they made they did bowling alleys like they did all that like they brought stuff to the philippines that i guess weren't there before and so it, it technically like our name is pretty known the floro last name is pretty known but it's all Ill- illegitimately known like my great grandma didn't marry her husband her her father of her children because he was like not rich mm. you know what i mean it was wow. like that back in the day which yeah. is kind of weird because I'm just kind of like, I don't care if he doesn't even have a job. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty independent. What kind of music did your mom's side of the family do? Um, they loved like 
um, what are those? Like the Partridge Family, like Bee Gees. You know, they like music nice. like that. They like played music like that. And it's funny because they're all accented when they talk. And then as soon as the, as soon as the, the karaoke or the music goes on, they're like, "Hey, hey, little monkeys!" And I'm just like, as soon as it cuts off, they're like, "Okay, so that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh not sound stereotypical, <laughs> but, but the karaoke play a big part of family life growing up." Did, I'm sorry Karaoke did that Yeah, play a part? yeah. yeah. Since you're coming from A background of family musicians Yeah it, Like my parents wanted me To sing 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 And then it was almost like They push you to be a singer Yeah they wanted me To become a singer And then I eventually Like when I was like 12 I was like I'm not doing this I don't want to do this anymore Because it was like They were forcing me Yeah they were like sing and then I'd and then I'd sing and then I would go out of tune and they're like, What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm not prepared. I'm eleven. <laughs> You're not my daughter. Right. And so that made me not want to do singing. Like I was just like so scared of being like in front of people because how my parents would criticize me. And I, and it wasn't like a I think they did it more because they cared. Mm-hmm. But if they cared, they would have put me in singing lessons. Instead of like trying to be like, Oh, I know how to sing and I'm just like, uh, no you don't <laughs> <laughs> And are they supportive of you with the comedy? No, no, Not at all. no. They they're I mean, now that I've gone through my second divorce, I have my kids, I bought a house and I have a good job, now they're supporting my life. They're yeah. not supporting just the comedy. I don't know if that makes sense. They're kind of like, okay, you've got this far, so now I guess we'll be supportive of it. Okay, so eventually they're like, you know, it's it's you. So yeah, they're it like, comes with the package. yeah, it's like almost kind of like, oh, if I told them I was gay, they were just like, oh, okay, she's gay, but maybe it's just a phase. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's what they're hoping for <laughs> with hoping. with the whole comedy thing, and and now they're do they like, attend your shows? They they went to one show and I did one really awkward joke that, and that was the only last time I ever did that joke too. Yeah. And they never went after that because it was an awkward car ride home. Was it? Was it silence? Was it silence? Was it quiet? Or weird questions? Was it? No, it was silent and one question. So let me tell you the joke first because that was the only time I ever did the joke. Uh Um, It was uh, at the time me and my ex were married, and my kids got kicked out of the improv because they they couldn't be in there because they were too young. So then my ex Mm. ended up having to take my kids home. So my parents were like, "Okay, we'll stay and watch the show." And then I did this joke and I said, "Yeah, you know what's worse than you know what's worse." Then um, having your kids say bad words, you know, what's worse than that or embarrassing you? What worse? What's the worst thing that your kids can do to you is they can walk in on you having sex. And remember, I'm living with my parents at the time. Yeah. And so this actually happened, and my kid walked in, and they were just she was just like, ah! it was like one of those. But I did the joke like, no. <laughs> And then it's like we didn't even know what to do because it's like I have all my clothes on and he's naked. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, uh. And then we just, it was dark and we're just like, oh, I'll go to sleep, uh, you know. And so I'm telling, and so my parents, like everyone's laughing. Like I did really well in that set. I wish I recorded it and I did really well. And then um, on the drive home, my parents were like, so did that really happen? <laughs> I'm just like, no, these are all no. jokes, mom. <laughs> like all embarrassed. Yeah. Like it was so awkward. It was yeah. so awkward. So I never did that joke again because I was just like, oh, my parents. I just keep thinking my parents are going to be in the audience when I do that joke again. And Oh, like in the back it's of traumatic. your mind. Yeah. yeah, it's just really, really traumatic. And it, it did really well, but I was just like, uh. <laughs> it's just like even just thinking about sex with my ex-husband is disgusting. Ugh. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> like. Uh, but you have two girls though Two girls So you got something girls. out of it I mean two right. beautiful girls I'm sure oh, They're yeah. amazing Yeah uh, What age did you have Like how, how old are they 
How old were they? Are they They're now? five and six turning seven. So five and seven this month. She's turning seven. You have them at 25. Were you married at 24? I was married. Yeah, I got married before. Uh, I got married before I had my child, so it's like, oh, we're pregnant. Let's ha- let's get married. Uh-huh. And I kind of forced it on because I'm older. I was older than my ex husband, and I don't know. You were I, 25 at the time. I was 25, and, and he, he was, was 22, 23. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. Two years. But my ex being a man, was two years older than me. But being a man, being 22 years old, you know what I'm saying? Just it's like that college life or that non college life, that working life, that single life. I don't. I I date older women in general. Well, how old were you when you your your ex and how old was your when we met? I was like, I was nineteen. She was twenty one. See, and that's more closer and then, together. And then and then she was two years ahead, apart, and then we broke up when I was ironically twenty one. She was oh, how funny. she was twenty three. Was it she uh, grew out of you or you grew out of her? I think she grew out of me. I think I think and at the time. Looking at reflecting back on it, yeah. we're going two different directions, and it was right. only a matter of time. And uh, so, yeah, so that happened. So, you know, and, see, and I think, that, but when you're twenty, like twenty one age, is like that. You're still trying to find yourself, you yeah. know. And I was twenty five, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I want to. I want to. I want to settle down. Yeah, you yeah, were really that, settling down. I, well, honestly, if you knew me in high school and college, you you'd have been like, "That's the last bitch that's gonna settle down." I was like off the chain; like I would go out all the time, I would party all the time, do all kinds of drugs. But then once I got to twenty five, and I when I was younger, I'd be like, "When I'm twenty five is when I want to have kids." And then I hit twenty five, and I was like, "Okay, I don't, I'm not on that schedule." Why twenty five? I don't know. I just felt like I'm a quarter century old. Like you should be done by school uh, by then. You should have a job by then. You should yeah. be in the process of buying that. Like that was the, just my the, mentality. The quarter life crisis. Right. Yeah, I'm having that right now. I'm twenty five right now. Oh, you are. Yeah, but I don't want. I don't want to marry anybody. Right. <laughs> but, but I'm at that. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I'm at that point where I was like, you know, I need to do something in my life. Yeah, I should make a podcast. And boom. <laughs> yeah, and then, then that was born. <laughs> yeah, that was born. Yeah. But uh, so you had your girls. Uh, I I couldn't imagine doing stand up and having a family, but I can imagine it's even harder coming being divorced because yes. when you have them, you're with them all the time because you're not with them all the time. Is that right, 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 right. Right, and so it's like when I don't have my kids, I'm doing comedy, and when I'm doing comedy, I don't have my kids, vice versa. And then I was married when I started doing comedy, and then I went through the divorce, and I took a month off comedy. I've only taken two months off of comedy during the three years. Mm -hmm. First month was when my ex-husband left me, Mm. and then the second time was when I bought a house, which was recently. And I have to tell you, like, I would never do that again like I can't it's just it's like I started noticing I was depressed for the whole month of April I w- it was my birthday month and I was like why am I so depressed like what's wrong with me like I'd be at home like sitting by myself and then everyone's like you have your own place why would you be depressed and I was like because I didn't do any comedy I wasn't doing any open mics I, I would barely uh, write and then I realized okay I need to I need to get back in this. it's get my on, therapy I need to get on a mic it's it's yeah. my therapy and so as soon as I hit a mic I was like boom everyone's like laughing they're like oh my god where'd you come from and I'm like I've been here I just called under the yeah. after like a week of not doing stand up oh I'm like I've, I've done nothing in my life yeah <laughs> it's it, yeah it, you don't feel like you've accomplished anything <laughs> but perhaps it comes from a, a place inside where it's like I'm not validated my existence is not validated mm-hmm. so I have to go out there and validate it again uh, people like me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, I am funny. It's not just the voices in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do your uh, girls handle you being, you doing stand-up? They joke around. They say they want to be a comedian. And I'm like, no, you want to be a nurse. <laughs> you're not encouraging but, them? No, I mean, I, I tell them, I mean, I joke around with them. I tell them, you can be whatever you want to be. If you want to be a superhero, if you want to be 
act if you want to be a singer you know and and they're all like musically inclined like they love singing like they're so they, they got your your mom's genes yeah for sure. they're yeah. like dancing machines music machines like they like all musicals like any musical i pop on the tv like i love netflix because of that like yeah. but now my sign-in is is completely flooded with all these like musicals and like Bratz cartoons and Bratz. Disney and I'm just like uh-huh. <laughs> like since you watch Teen Beach Movie you'll like and I'm like no I didn't watch Teen Beach Movie my kids watch that but um yeah no uh they're little musical machines and they like they love that I do comedy they're, sometimes they get sad because they're just like why you can't bomb? you stay home oh, oh no, no. <laughs> no. I don't tell show. them when I no I brought them once and I bombed I bombed because I, I've never done clean at the time I never done clean comedy in front of kids I've done clean comedy but in yeah. front of kids is different right so like that filtered like 90% of my jokes and I was just like alright so I'm just gonna be up here just talking was that an awkward ride home too when you bombed in front of your kids no it wasn't they were so no. proud of me they were, were they like, Aww, you did great that's so mom cute. and I was just like oh thanks and they're all like just sitting in the front like clapping but um, if they want to do comedy I would be all for it I would be totally excited for them, you know. But I want them to finish school. That's the priority. Like, I want them to finish school. I want them to go to college. I didn't go to college. You know, I didn't finish college. And well, that's you one of the went things. to comedy college. I went to comedy college. And I did go to some college, <laughs> exactly. right? And I, that's one thing I did graduate from, which is the comedy college, like, 10 million times in a year I think out of all the comedians I think you're cert- certified to right be right <laughs> <laughs> I was like I don't have a certificate I should probably ask a teacher for that but I mean I, I embrace comedy and I can't imagine I can't imagine not doing it like hmm. and like you 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 want to do the podcast podcast was one of my goals too so I'm kind of slowly doing that with you Chris had a radio too. station I know which is I know tell me about that how did that happen um, it was crazy this lady approached uh, emailed me one day and said, hey, I saw your show at Freddie J's, which is weird because when I see people at Freddie J's, like I, I have a pretty good memory. Like I'll remember, oh, I saw them at Freddie J's, even though I don't introduce myself I'll, or if they don't introduce themselves to me, I'll remember them. And she said she saw me and I don't remember seeing her. Hmm. And she says, hey, I do a, a female radio show. I would love for you to do my show. And I was like, sure. And I did it for this is all last year. And I did it for a, I did a few shows with her. And then she was like, hey, you know, do you want to you want a slot? on the show and I was just like uh fuck yeah I didn't say that but I was just kind of like yeah she's like there's a slot that's opening from midnight to this time you know if if you want to do it we got to get you certified so she hooked me up with her her guy and her guy got me certified and then before you knew it boom by January I had the show and I was already doing um pre pre pre-show runs on different shows on the same radio station and it was like I feel like it was the birth of a new me like once 2015 happened like i felt like i was it that's it i had my my showcase that i do monthly i had the san jose improv monthly and i had my radio show monthly and that was it those were my those were my goals my priorities and then buying a house and i didn't think i was gonna buy a house and now that i got a house i'm like okay i gotta throw the house thing in there to kind of find a balance and um accomplishing the radio station i would have to say was like one of my biggest accomplishments like doing like being able to have three years under my belt and be mm-hmm. able to say, yeah, I have my own radio station. Like, I was so proud of myself. I went there to visit. I, right. I, and I, that uh, was the day we got I ta- suspended. I wasn't invited. I, I, I tagged along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but I didn't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Hope. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. No, but yeah, it was real awesome. 
and not many comedians locally have their own radio shows. Right, right. And how, how was it running it, though? Did, did you feel like it was more stressful? Or yes. You, yeah. It was definitely stressful. Um, one thing was, you know, getting commitment from comics. That's hard, right? And then getting them to <laughs> getting not Getting any swear commitment from comics is hard, yes. And getting them to not swear was a big, big obstacle. Is that why it got... That's why I got suspended. suspended. I got suspended. Yeah, I got what suspended. Because uh, that, that night, someone said the word shitty. I don't know who it was. The word shitty? Yeah. And it's uh-huh. it's live. So, and it's yeah. on the air. And then that same night, I got two callers, remember, that were just like I was there on me. when that happened. Yeah. I was like having an anxiety attack. Like, and I told the radio guy the next day and he was just like, it's okay. You know, there's going to be people that are going to hate, that are going to hate on you. But I Which told- was dumb because I was there because I left at one point, but I was there when they called because... And I thought for a second, I thought they were complaining about having comedians talk or something because not yeah. everybody likes. No, they're complaining about the whole thing but in general. Com- they were complaining. Well, when I was there, uh, I was under the impression they were complaining over a song you played. Yeah, that. Yeah, and that. Yeah, they were. Com- that's what. That's what kicked it off. Yeah, because <laughs> I played Chris Brown, and so I talked to the radio people, and they're like, "You can play whatever you want," and I'm like. Okay, because I thought I was going to get kicked off the show because of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, was I not allowed to play Chris Brown? But they're like, no, it's commercial free as in commercial free. Like, no commercials, not no commercial music. And that's what the audience members were thinking. And so after talking to the radio producers and they're just saying like, oh, you can play whatever you want. But one guy who brought me on, the guy who brought me on and trained me, he was like, I think this was a setup. He's like, for all I know, you probably didn't swear. So he was supposed to listen to the radio. So there's no proof. There's no... Well, they can audit it. They can go back to the air, but that's three hours they have to listen to. And so... Uh, fuck it. I mean, it's somebody's reputation. Right. Here. And so my friend who brought me in was said, I'm going to listen to it. And there's a meeting that happens every like last third Thursday or something like that of the month or second Thursday. And I couldn't go to the meeting because I had my kids. But when I was looking at the minutes... I didn't see that it was addressed. So I'm just sticking to my guns and I'm just cutting my losses. And they said, you know, you're suspended digital July. I'm supposed to get a letter. I never got a letter. So I got to follow up and find out like, hey, am I so suspended? So I think they're <laughs> going to put me on air a lot sooner. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm utilizing the time that I'm not using the, the air right now to kind of like catch up and then balance. Are you going to run everything. it differently now? I'm definitely going to run it differently. They recommended me doing um, pre-recorded podcasts. I'm pre-recorded, not podcasts, pre-recorded interviews. But the other, the guy who brought me in was like, you don't need to do that. He's like, just, just, you know, you get a sound person. And so that's what I'm working on. I need to get a sound person to help me filter, like be able to answer my calls. A be able to yeah. Exactly. They can hear it. So now you have two people listening. Have them take care of the anxiety. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like they're just, they can just hang up on the person. Which and they, is smart. Cause I, uh, I'm surprised you guys don't have an internship program there. Yeah, and that, that's I figured that's what the internship would interns would do. And the reason why they don't is because it's not for profit, so there's no money involved. And and I think they feel like they have to pay their interns. No. I don't know, but you don't always have to pay your interns. You know. Yeah, and I out think, of all the internships I've been involved, I haven't got paid. Yeah, yet. and so I think they were saying, like, for what did he say? He was saying, oh, usually for the internships, we gotta like say that they're doing something, and he's like, and, and it's not, it's either you're doing it or you're not. And so he was saying, like, if you're going to be working in the studio, then you're pretty much certified. So you wouldn't be interning. You're working at the station. Hmm. And it's not for profit. So you don't get paid or anything. Let's go back a bit more. Because I forgot to mention Rewind. this. Is that you run a room. Yes. Freddie J's. Yes. It's on Santa Clara. PX, and yeah. Uh, Santa Clara and 3rd Street. And it's once a month. Once a month, the PX Comedy Show. How long have you been doing that? Uh, it, it's one year in January. Oh, so it's been a year. Yeah. Congrats. I know. Coming for some of that, you know, when I started for Scotty. Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations to you. You get you hit the one year mark, right? No. Oh, no. dang. I was, <laughs> was there like for early, early. half, six months. Six it's only months. Six months? 
Yeah. And you've been doing really yeah. well. I've thank been hearing you. nothing but good things about Cafe Frascati, which um, is really good. Yeah, thank you so much. But I'm not hosting no more. But VCP is now. Oh. So, yeah. So, do you let that go? Or uh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm all, I'm all interviewing you now. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't mind. For uh, the best, though, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I stepped down, you know, trying out different waters and different things. I got different projects lining up. And, and from what I hear, Victor works there, too, like at the yeah, barista. So, 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 it kind of works out. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And uh, but you, Freddie J's, uh, yeah. how'd you find the room, or did you even go oh in God. planning to get a room? That is that is such a crazy. I believe in six degrees of separation. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, six what is that? Six degrees of separation. It's like everyone on the on the planet is connected within six degrees, if not less. What do you mean by six degrees? So, like for example, is it like six degrees you, of bacon of Kevin? Kevin, bacon? that's exactly what it is. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. So there's somebody that you know that I know, right? Somewhere within six that. degrees. So like I, we could That's like stretching a bit, I don't right? Know. So what we could do is like they tested the theory. So what, what we could like do in is a like, country or they've like done the it world. world. They've done it in the world. Like first somehow, they tested in the country like with letters. Somehow I'm connected with some guy. I don't know in Bangladesh. Yeah, a bricklayer in India. In, in, in Pakistan, in the Philippines, you're related to that. You per- you have some type of relationship relationship with that person because of someone that you might know personally know here. Within I think six Facebook, degrees, yes. I think Facebook, yes. I, I agree with. Facebook is a perfectly good example. Uh-huh. So how it happened was I did a show at the San Jose Improv and I opened for Sarah Tiana from um, Reno 911. Oh, nice. So I opened for her and I did this gig and this guy was like, hey, I'm a bartender. You know, I manage a bar. He's like, hit me up if you ever want to if you ever want to do comedy I'm like you know what I'm actually looking for a room to do comedy he's like yeah hit me up and then he's I'll find me on Facebook well the person was he was blocked like he was hidden on Facebook so I couldn't find him right <laughs> so months go by yeah months go by I'm working at my old credit union and this guy this fireman comes in and he's like oh yeah I run a bar and I'm like really I've been wanting to do an open mic and he goes oh okay a comedy show and he's just like he actually has a card and he's like here check out my bar so months go by I still don't hit it up right and then finally, I'm like, you know what? I, there's some tension at certain mics. I'm like, you know what? I want to build my own room. You know what I mean? So what I have control. Tension? Just like being criticized or not being wanted in rooms. You know what I mean? Like you're banned from Has rooms. that happened to you? Have well, you been banned? It's not, I haven't been banned, but I felt not being wanted at a room. Just like not being talked to and just like, just do your set and get out. Like, what? Yeah. And I can't say, I don't want to say. Is this in San Jose? Yeah, it's in San Jose. And, wow. I, and I don't want to say because then it's, it'll really narrow it down who uh-huh. it is right. or what room it is. But um, I, I just like from that experience, I was like, you know, I want to start my own room. If this person can do it, then I can do it. Yeah. And so then I've had it for a year already. And so like I didn't like that feeling. And I don't want I don't ever want comics to feel that way. I, I know there's an, an room. issue going around about a lot of female comics being harassed in and open mics oh uh, like by hecklers or by comics by comics really well, well in, i think or criticized I, I think it's more prevalent in in the nsf it's what i heard right heard the grapevine i believe it uh but i don't not, hear not as much i don't know i can't really imagine because here in san jose we all know each other and we're so open yeah, yeah we're all very supportive here but you haven't had that problem where you walked in and you felt uncomfortable with a fellow comic or something like that not necessarily with a fellow comic i just felt uncomfortable with the with the environment like the environment. there's I, I know that there's comics that don't like me or just kind of like oh you, you got know. beef oh yeah well i don't have beef how you're so nice beef. i know i know and i think that's why it's been kind of just dust dusted under the rug for so long yeah but i know i got beef i know there's people that have beef with me and i i don't care because when it comes down to i'm not here for them i'm here yeah. for myself but that's a good way of looking at things is that you know you know what if i can't 
go that path. I'll make my own path. Right. So you started Freddie J's. You, right. You hit up this person to start Freddie J's. So the fireman, right? Back to the fireman. fireman. He's yeah. just like, yeah, check out my place. And then I never checked it out. And then finally, like that beef happened. And I was like, you know what? I need to start my own room. So I go to Freddie J's. And as I'm walking through, like walking on the side of the wall where it's a window, I see the guy that I met at the mm. Sarah Tiano show, Tiana show. And I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm like, dude, what's up? He's like, this is the bar I managed. I was like, I was trying to find you on Facebook. I couldn't find you. And then I show him and he was like, oh, that's weird. He's like, I'll find you. And I was like, wait, so do you know the fireman? He goes, yeah, he kind of owns the bar. And I'm like, dude, owns that's it. so weird. Yeah. He's like, he just has business cards. <laughs> <laughs> like, he helps out around here. But I guess the real owner is Freddie J. Right. And so he, I was telling him, I was like, yeah, dude, I want to do a room. Like, cook me up. Let's do this. He was like, yeah, just tell me what day you want it. And then from then on, it's been it's been magic to me. It's been magical. I mean, I haven't been getting the results that I want, but it's I look hard. at it. I, I look at it as like, okay, you know, what? that's yeah. good enough. It, it just the great thing uh, is that it's a showcase. It's not really yeah. an open mic. So you choose what right. comedians can perform. Right. And I and I like, open mic. It's always at risk of you know having you know. There's so many risks that are taken, but to have full control about you know the talent, I think that's definitely an advantage. Which I'm having my all men showcase in June. I would love to have you on all that. men. All men. Are you inviting me on the podcast? No, no, on the showcase. I know, but you're you're inviting me right now. Yeah, yeah. This is just everyone to witness. Oh my god, everyone to witness. <laughs> Rewind it. <laughs> oh, uh, when is it? It's gonna be last Wednesday in June. So last last Wednesday in June. And what, I'm doing what, what, what time? I mean, what eight day? o'clock? I mean, what what day of the week is it? Wednesday, last Wednesday of every month. If you can make it, I mean, and you—if you know—you're gonna tell me. We'll, like, we'll talk know. about it. We'll yeah. arrange. We'll we'll, 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 we'll hash it. it out. But you're making all men's. All men, because I do all women for May, because Mother's Day, and then I yeah. do all men in in support of Father's Day. But I say all men because, with the exception of the host, is what I always do. Oh. So the all women. Are you is hosting gonna have, that? I no, I'm gonna find a different woman to host it. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna find. I mean, if I don't find a woman, then I guess myself would seem appropriate. But I like to give other people a chance, like. I feel like there's so much talent out there and they're and they're getting unnoticed because of this scene. You know what I mean? Like I feel what like some the of them I feel you, like some people you. get bullied out of doing comedy. Like, you know what I mean? That could happen, yeah. I can yeah. see like people get bullied out of it and, and if they don't have an encouraging support group or like people who are going through the same thing that they're going through, they get discouraged and they just stop doing it. And I feel like there's a reason why they wanted to do it is because they thought they were funny or someone thought they were funny and then it, it, it makes me feel sad when people don't do it because other people are bullying them out of doing it and so I, I want to change that you encourage people to do stand I do I do and a lot of I've heard uh, I'm a lot of comics say that no fuck that they shouldn't do comedy if they're not fucking funny don't do comedy I'm like but it's a craft you know what I mean it takes time not, not off the bat people are going to be funny I don't I don't necessarily encourage but I don't discourage discourage either, either. I encourage everyone I, I think for those who are doing it great uh i don't do it because oh they're not funny i do it because i don't want them to feel pain you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. hey you know if, if you're happy if you're like if someone comes up to me and says hey you know i'm going through a lot of shit in life I, i'll encourage like dude stand up and talk yeah, about it yeah it'll be funny and it'll, it'll help you but somebody from i know that's like you know has a you know a relatively good life it's like, don't put yourself through that trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? like, I want to cause drama in my life so I can do stand-up. <laughs> but I think it's fascinating that you encourage people. That's yeah, awesome. I do. And everyone's like, why do you do that? I'm like, because you only live life once. And speaking in front of people is the number one fear. Yeah. It's it's yeah. more scarier than death, which surprises me because you think people would be more scared of death. Was there studies that said that? Yeah, there was a study that said that. Like, the number one fear is, is um, 
talking in front of people wow. and i feel like if you can break that then you can do anything i mean if that's the number one fear you know what i mean so i like encouraging people and like even when i bought a house i'm encouraging everyone i'm like if i can do it a monkey can do it and then people are like <laughs> go oh, buy you're a house crazy. yeah just go buy a house <laughs> like i didn't think i was in the financials I, I i didn't think i was in the financial situation to be able to buy a house i didn't think i was funny to do comedy and then like i just leaped for it and then and then it worked and now I'm, I, I've already referred to my friends to be like hey you know I go into this agent and now I have two other friends that are, are in the process of buying a house like I'm I'm the type because of person because of you? yeah because of me and I'm, I'm gonna tell you that you're gonna I'm gonna make a confession I don't usually say this because I don't like talking about myself but when people meet me like I'm life changing like I want people I want to change people's lives you're like life I really, changing I do I want to change people's life Not just for the negative But you know Like get out of the negative We need more positivity Yeah You you, you want to be A source of inspiration Yeah I do I do And I used to do um, Retirement homes I'm trying to get back into that Like I used to do free shows For retirement homes Because I felt like Dude some of these people Have no one that visit them oh. Like all they see Is the TV Yeah they're, they're roommates Or whatever And then for Comics to take An hour out of their day To go make these Senior citizens laugh Like made me like made me feel good like okay this is why i'm this is one of the reasons why i'm doing comedy do you usually kill no no <laughs> unfortunately we don't want to kill <laughs> at the retirement homes are you, you is it better to not bomb no i mean i've bombed i mean because you're looking at six senior citizens that are watching and they're just like some of them are just like ha eh, eh, and some of them are falling asleep you know what i mean and then you got that one that's just like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> but it's good you but know? it's good i mean it's yeah. you if you can make them laugh you can make anyone laugh right right uh, and and it, it was good i've done um a couple of retirement homes and i want to go back to it. i really want to give back but i need to my therapist says you need to be st stable like you need to freaking focus on certain things before you start doing all these projects because I, I i feel like when i complete something i just go on to the next yeah and so since i did my radio show i did this i'm like okay on to the next and, and so you're, you're definitely moving up the ranks yeah I'm, I'm trying and going back to improv you opened up for quite a few comedians yes aries spears was one of them yeah you opened, I could up, die. You opened up for the guy that inspired you to yes. do stand up yeah how was that it was amazing it was amazing and i I couldn't believe it because first Noah actually opened for him uh, on Friday and Saturday. And then I wa went to go watch him on the Saturday show. And Noah was like, I heard something. And I'm like, what? He's like, I heard you're going to open for Aerie Spears on Sunday. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Because I didn't know I was yet either yeah. no i broke the news to you yeah and i was just like well don't get me all excited Which because is no one told me yeah. anything but he was the one that was close opening for him the past two days so that's why he knew yeah and so then i talked to the manager uman and he was just like yeah you want to open up i'm like fuck yeah dude you don't even have to ask me you tell me yeah. you're opening up for aries spears and i was just like oh my god and so that then that morning i text messaged my ex and i was like hey <laughs> go fuck yourself look at me <laughs> in a nutshell i was like Hey, guess what? I'm opening up for Aries Spears. And he goes, this is probably going to be sad, but I don't care. And I'm just like, oh, no, I know you don't care. But I just wanted to thank you because if it wasn't for you, then I would have probably never opened up for him. Do you, do you really uh, give him the credit oh, for that? Oh, yeah. I, I don't give him all the credit. I give him some credit. If he did not walk out of my life, I would not be where I'm at now. So I'm thankful. I mean, he's the one who walked out. I'm the one who fought for the divorce. Okay, so do you feel your drive towards comedy was... Was was, was driven by this life the divorce, experience. Yeah, the divorce. from this life experience. Yeah. Wow. 
And so far, you're changing it around. Look yeah. And I'm, I'm, and, and I have a lot of jokes under my belt that I'm keeping in my back pocket until, like, you know, I quit my day job. And, until you're you know. Comedy Central, 30, yeah, 30 then I'm be half like, hour special. Oh, you guys are all getting it. All those people. <laughs> I'm going full blast. So I'm saving those. Who else have you opened up for? Uh, Godfrey. 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 Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's amazing because he does a different set every show. Yeah. Like, every he's, show he's is a different. New a York different cat, set. huh? I, I don't know exactly, but I know he did the seven. Is it seven up or Sprite commercials? I know he did some commercials. That's where I know him from in some TV shows. I never knew he did stand up until I yeah. found out he was going to be at the improv. And I was like, he does stand up. And then um, it's funny because both of the guys that I've ever opened for are both black, which I think is good for me because it's kind of like they're not <laughs> expecting an Asian person. And then right. they're like, oh, who the hell is this bitch? And then. Well, you're very diverse, as we yeah. find out. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't I don't I don't judge or discriminate. Yeah. So and you've been on tour. Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat? A, yeah, they call it a tour because we're just performing in a different state. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I would love to tour and, like, actually just where go did for you, a week. Where did you perform out of state? I performed in Texas at How? the Addison Improv. How was that? Amazing. Was Amazing. It? Did you like Texas? Oh, uh, I don't like Texas. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I, Texas is cool. It's, it's very different. I mean, can you imagine paying a toll that's 25 cents? That's how much your toll was over there. 25 for cents. what? That's to awesome. cross over a bridge or this their freeway or whatever is twenty five cents, and over here it's like five bucks. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. and so and we're waiting. Was it was it a Texas. small bridge? Was it like? Well, the, the weird thing is, it, we would see signs, and I'm like, "Where is this toll? How can we never see this toll?" They're like, "Oh, you're you're driving on the toll right now." I'm like, "Well, how do they know that you're paying?" And they're like, "Oh, you'll get a bill or you know whatever." I'm like, "That's weird." But what I liked about Texas is I like how all the people were white. Like I love that, and yeah, the reason why. Explain I, that. Wait, what do you mean? I, I I do well more with the audience that's not my ethnic background. I don't know why. I, I just feel I do better. So a diverse crowd is, for you, is usually a crowd that doesn't work in comedy? Right, that are not Filipino. No, no, no I'm just saying that are not Filipino. Okay, but then you said it's a white crowd. If it's a white crowd, they, they like me. They like me because they love the accent, right? They're, like, not expecting the accent because lately I've changed my set and I open with the accent. Uh-huh. And, like, they like me off the bat, especially the nurse joke. Like, everyone's like, oh, ha, 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 she's taking care of my grandparents. Like, they just love the nurse jokes. They just eat me up. They love it. And, um, But I noticed more and more, like, the wives tend to not like me because they're like, oh, she's divorced and she probably wants to take my man. And I'm trying to but get it out there. I think you you being Asian might have yeah. an issue with that. Right, right, right. White and men with, with Right, Asian. with the Asian fetish. Yeah. And so, like, women will, like, totally mad dog me. So I'm working on a joke where it's like, dude, I don't want your man. Like, anything with a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, like, that's, to me, I just, it's tainted. I don't even, like, look in that direction. Like... Ugh. It makes me gag. Like I'm like, Bleh. I'm like, no. And then when I did that show in Texas, they loved it, and it was. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this announcement because I don't think my aunt or my uncle's ever gonna listen to it anyways. But it was funny because my aunt was like, "Oh, let's take a picture all together," and I'm like, "Okay." And her husband's white, yeah. and then he goes to her and he goes, "Okay, can we you take a picture now of us?" And she's like, "Of you and her." <laughs> Whoa! And Whoa. I was just like. <laughs> Uh, I kind of took a step back. Yeah. And then he was just like, yeah. And then they just kind of turned around and walked away. And I was like, all right, I'll turn around and walk away too. And it's like a relative. 
So then That's I thought it was super awkward. Yeah. Oh my god. And so now that I invite them to shows, they're just like, "Oh, we can't make it." And oh like, no, dude, I don't want your man. Like, dude, and, and you're my aunt, and I'm like, like uh. yeah. oh my god. I mean, I know we in Texas and all, but uh. <laughs> oh, so you have family in Texas? Yes, I have family in Texas, and so that was good support. I mean, they enjoyed the show, but it was just after awkward after that. You know. Mm. Wow. But it's great. Like, uh, I was I was supposed to do the um. Ontario Improv in LA down south but I couldn't get the time off of work, Ontario? So yeah. Isn't that in Canada? Right, but they have one in LA and there's an Ontario Improv. Oh. I know, that's what everyone always says. They're like, you're going to perform in Canada? I wish I could perform in Canada. <laughs> More white people in Canada. Yeah, I know. There's definitely a lot of white people <laughs> over there. <laughs> I'm like, take me to the whitest area ever. And so, um, I was kind of bummed out I couldn't do that and that's, and that's one of the struggles of having a day job. Right. Yeah. And doing comedy, like it's not as accommodating. I can't just be like, oh, I didn't come to work today. Yeah. Which sucks. I have a random question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we sh- I should ask this before, but did you have a debut? What? A debut, like uh, like a Filipino? Yeah. Italian? Yeah. No. Italian? No. Mm-mm. Okay. My parents were like, you either get a car, or you can have a cotillion. And I was like, I'm not that Filipino, <laughs> so I'll get the car. <laughs> And then I totaled the car like three months later. Did you? Yeah, totaled? I got the car in April, like around my birthday. And then I crashed in July, April, May, June, July, yeah. And then it was weird because then I got in a car accident every year after I got my license. So I got my license when I was 18. Your insurance rates must be up the roof. Well, not anymore because then it's been so long. So like 18, <laughs> 19, 20, I got in a car accident. Uh-huh. And I totaled all three cars. <laughs> a typical Asian, right? Typical I don't know Asian. about that, but... And then I never got in a car accident after that. Knock on wood. Until recently, like last year. I don't know if it was last year or this year. Last year, someone hit me. But it wasn't my fault. So. Well, oh, at least someone Yeah, someone hit, hit me. I wasn't you. at fault this time. Yeah, and I wasn't on my phone or anything. Like, I got rear-ended. And then, um, yeah, I never got in a car I'm, I'm a pretty good driver. I'm like, I'm an Asian driver. I mean, a like rice rocket Asian driver. If I had a rice rocket. So yeah. I'm like, I'm not racing. But I'm like, I can weave through lanes like safely. How but, much of your comedy is ethnic? based do you feel um i would say or race based i would say like 75 percent, 25 percent. it depends on what audience i have to work with so if there's a white crowd you go more race. i'll go race yeah i'll go race because it's i am but i'm spitting out all the stereotypes you know what i mean um but like let's say if it's filipinos like i performed at a dive bar once in redwood city and there was like six filipino old people and there was like one lady and they're all Filipino. And I said like seven of them, right? And then of course there was like white guys and there was probably 20 people in the audience and I was trying so hard to break them and they would not laugh. Mm. They were like, get this Filipino embarrassment off the stage. And I felt like I didn't bomb with the rest of the audience, but I bombed with them. And then I, and then some comics saw me, they're like, it looked like you were trying to get some validation from them. And I was like, I was. I was trying to get some validation from them. Because you did the Filipino jokes. Yeah. And they were like, that's not funny. Well, that's not funny. Maybe, because it, it is uh, a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Because one thing is you're making fun. Of them. Of, of, of them. But at the same time, you're perhaps uh, per- per- perpetuating the stereotype. Right. So I don't know. And they didn't get it because they're older. But like the younger Filipino, like the kids that are my age that are Filipino, they like love it. They love it. They eat it up. And they're like, oh, my God, you remind me of my dad. And I'm just like, yeah, my voice, right? (laughs) But yeah, but race humor is is definitely um, up there because uh, Russell Peters, 
most yeah. of his jokes is race based. Yep. He's one of the most successful. He is definitely, and he's Canadian. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's Canadian. But the thing is that a lot of people, as much as people are like, "Oh, race," I don't see color, but it, it's a good source of of hu- uh, you know humor in it that people use. I don't I don't know what I'm trying to convey right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, no, but I see a lot of people. I've seen some people say like, "Oh, I don't like watching comedy that has something to do with race, sex, religion." And like politics, and in my head, I'm like, then what do you want to listen to? Because I feel like that's what majority <laughs> yeah. of like what comics talk about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, people talk about their personal life, but at the same time, like Louis C.K. He talks a lot about his family, about his kids. You know what I mean? And I talk about a lot about my kids. I don't completely talk about my kids, but I think as a comic, you want to talk about stuff that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, and people can relate to sex. People can relate to politics, religion. And for people who don't do comedy, it's like, I refuse to listen to any of those things. I'm like, well, that you sound like a person who doesn't like to laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I mean, there's always those people that you're going to bump into. Can't appease them all. Yeah. Yeah. RPX, we hit the hour mark. Mm. Usually ding, ding, ding. Usually, we uh, close up shop around here. <laughs> uh, any, where can people find your stuff? Um, you can find me on facebook.com slash standuppx. You'll find all the latest and the greatest. Uh, you can also check me out on YouTube, Queen PX Tube, and then everything else is PX is my name. The handle PX is my name on Twitter. PX is my name on Instagram. PX is my name, and I'm saying PX is my name as one phrase because people just try to look for PX. Yeah. And surprisingly, there's a lot of PXs out there in the Philippines. Oh, which, so you're not the only one. I'm not the only one, and there are Ooh. a lot in the Philippines. The Philippines, which makes me wonder, like, what? I don't, I'm not the only PX when I thought no. I would be. Yeah, <laughs> so PX is my name pretty much. You can you Google that and find me. On Facebook, do you have? Stand up PX, facebook.com slash stand up PX. Twitter. PX is my name. Instagram, PX is my name. YouTube, Queen PX Tube. Because I accidentally stole my own PX is my name. <laughs> I don't even know how to get that together. Yeah. And I'm like, I try to register for it. Like, PX is my name is already taken. I'm like, idiot. And I look, I'm like, oh, it's me. <laughs> I'm like, who took it for myself? And then there's your comedy room. Yes. Freddie J's on Wednesday. Last Wednesday of every month. Uh, 97 East Santa Clara Street at Freddie J's the PX Comedy Showcase and then if they say what's your po- uh, is it Jorge Podcast JMS Podcast JMS Podcast but if you search my name Jorge Sanchez I'll Jorge, okay the JMS will pop up if they say JMS sent me then we'll let them in for free check out a free show what? yeah are you using my podcast to, add, to wow promotion wow within promotion yes. I am honored it's like inception you're so prof- like is like wow <laughs> my mind is blown it's- yeah, so you heard it now. <laughs> if you say JMS podcast at the door, you, wh- you what do they get? They get it for free. Free show. Free uh, show and them drink on me. Every show? Every show. I will let every them in show? for every show. Wow. Yeah. You're lucky that we're still in the beginning. So I got like 15 listeners or 20 <laughs> listeners. I don't know how <laughs> they many They will all there. get in for free. And I got some listeners from like Germany or from oh, what? the Netherlands. Yeah, so I don't think they'll be able to make it your show. But still, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a nice notion. So <laughs> yeah. And if they ever come to visit. Oh, yeah. uh, so Freddie J's if you say JMS podcast at the door you'll yep. get in for free yep and a free drink for and me f- are you sure about yes. this yes yes they get in for free yeah yeah. wow I might even do that myself I might just go in and be like just to see if it works I am JMS podcast and then it's gonna be me at the door and be like I know Jorge <laughs> <laughs> like come on in <laughs> I go in as a disguise yeah. and you mentioned that now that your radio show's in hiatus it's gonna be in June July it's July. gonna come back PX Radio. Hashtag PX Radio. But you said that you're working on a podcast right now. Yes. That is uh, Comedians Are People Too with uh, Chris Mitri and I. 
Um, we, it's funny. We just had Chris Mitri last week. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, he's a good guy. And we're, we're slowly working out the kinks and trying to get a podcast going. And it was one of my goals to get one going, but I'm not that tech savvy. So I'm yeah. just like, Me neither. Ooh. Me neither. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you got a good setup here. I'm learning as I go. <laughs> like the first episode, the first podcast, I had one USB mic. Oh, funny. And, we and you guys share- are sharing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and now like you know, over time, it's like I'm slowly learning. He's been going on up. He got headphones. He got two microphones. Yeah. And this, I don't know what this is. It's an audio interface. You'll learn once you do your podcast. (laughs) You know what those are. Uh, So what's uh, comedians are people too. Comedians are. We're gonna be um, hopefully releasing it in June, beginning of June. So be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. All right, PX. Thank you for coming. Thank you, and I look forward to sharing the show.